fundamentally, biblically, no. You don't. It's not required biblically. To what about required? Oh, no. It's not required biblically. Uh, Sunday school? Nope. Not required biblically. Um, yeah. How about VBS? Not required biblically. Even though we're doing one right now. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> As so an outreach to so the they're community. they're not wrong. Nope. We want to argue that any of those things are wrong. Right. In fact, I think we would argue, both of us argue, that they, they hold a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Right? They aren't necessary right. to right. be in a church. Right. And I think it's important that planters remember what they're planting. Welcome to Around the Block with Thabiti Anyabwile. I'm Thabiti, but you can call me Pastor T. Around the Block is a podcast of the Creek Collective. And in this podcast, what we try and do is to get a sense of the gospel ecology in the neighborhoods and cities um, that are predominantly black and brown, vulnerable and neglected. And so we spend time exploring with pastors, Christian leaders, um, faithful Christians, working in these communities, serving in these communities, exploring what the Lord is doing there. And today we're continuing our conversation with my brother, Welton Bonner. He's a former pastor of Greater Love Church in Ward 7 of Washington, D.C., just a few miles from where I live and minister. Um, And we've been talking about this journey that Welton has been on of closing Greater Love Church in order to have a season of Um, prayer, study, reflection, training, in order to replant the church with a better foundation. We opened the conversation, this part of the conversation, talking about um, how long it takes to really lay a good foundation for a new work. And uh, like many of you as a kid, I grew up with my parents reading to me children's books, classics books like The Tortoise and the Hare. Um, that seemed to apply to church planting. It takes a long time to lay a good foundation. Slow and steady wins the race. And so listen, as Welton walks us through uh, questions of unity, of speed in church planting, cautions that come from programs, um, and pray for him and pray for us all that we would heed these lessons. Listen in. So one of the things you've been helping us think about is um, the issue of of unity, shared vision, being on the same page mm-hmm. uh, in your core team, your leadership team, and you know out in wider circles as people come. Yeah. How long do you think that takes? So just mm. just practically speaking, what would you exhort people to mm. in terms of doing that groundwork? Yeah, I would say it probably takes longer than what your missions agency is telling you. <laughs> Amen. Right? Amen. So Amen. they're like, hey, brother, you want to plop? You got mm-hmm. six months, year, year and a half, you should be good. But if God's people, if, if you need more time, take that time because you probably need it. Right? So, it, and it probably takes a little bit longer than what you expect. Now, if you have been in the same local assembly, a healthier church, that healthy church, y'all have kind of, kind of locked arms, felt this sense, got that unified and y'all go out straight from the same well, mm-hmm. I think you can probably do it in a in a faster way, so to speak, um, without being hasty or unwise. 
But I think if you're in a situation where you know you know you need that time, take it. Because there's a whole lot of outside pressure that we can sense. And I think some of that is beginning to change just a little bit in some of the conversations and some of the mission boards and stuff like that. But I think overall, there needs to be a reality check. It's better to plant a healthy church, even if it takes a little bit more time, than to say, oh, you're on the clock because our budget is driving it. Because then our money is in the driving seat and not the gospel Amen. and what God is trying to produce in a faithful church. Amen. And, and part of what you're illustrating through your own story here of greater love is that one can be quick and sick or, or one could be slow and healthy. Yeah. Right. Yep. And we, we learn from everything we need to know. We learn by the time we're in the fifth grade. <laughs> right. Right. So we all read the, the, the children's book, Slow and Steady Wins the Race. Mm. Right. The tortoise, the tortoise, tortoise and the hare. Slow and steady wins the race, mm. right? And that's that's no less true in church planning and mm. gospel ministry mm. uh, as it is in that in that children's fable, yeah. right? Yeah, slow and steady, healthy mm. wins the race, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but we do. I think you're right. I think in a lot of our cultures, church planting and missions cultures, we're just trying to microwave things. Mm. We, we want visible things really quick. And I wonder if we aren't effectively just living by sight rather yeah. than by faith um, and not trusting the Lord to do the deeper things of God. That's real. That that really are so necessary in the neighborhoods, oh, every neighborhood, but yeah. in the neighborhoods that we're serving. In Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, one of the things that you talked about here in, in terms of the story at, at Greater Love is you guys got to a pretty— um, a pretty big program pretty quick, mm-hmm. right? At least big in terms of the people power oh, it required yeah. to pull off, oh, yeah. right? Your summer program. Absolutely. What what wisdom, cautions would you give um, to planters who are maybe taking a programmatic mm-hmm. approach to the mm-hmm. life of the church mm-hmm. and maybe thinking that they need to have XYZ ministries yeah. in order to be a church? Any, yeah. any? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Because again, that, so if, if I look back at God's Play Summer Camp, oh my goodness, it was a great impact. It, it was loving to the community. It was beautiful. It was, it was uniting everything. The issue was we did not have the infrastructure to not only, like, so to financially sustain it, but even just the organizational structure to be able to follow up with people. Mm-hmm. Okay, we met these families. How are we checking up on them? How are we spending time? So if you can't do that, well, maybe you shouldn't say, yeah, we want as many kids in here as much as possible. Maybe start smaller. Smaller is not always weaker. Right. Sometimes and, and to say, all right, we we got we want it to be big. I know. But and 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 Maybe just say, let's start small. But it's harder when everything in our culture, in this American culture at least, because I don't know if there's listeners, you know, (laughs) from other countries, but it's really bigger is better is always the driving principle. And it's, but it's not true. And so it's, I'd rather say, well, let's start with 20. Instead of 70, let's start with a good 20. Let's, let's keep the hours strict and let's say, okay, cool. And maybe instead of eight weeks, let's start with four. Mm. So if you want to do a program, it's not wrong, especially if you, I think it was a great impact. Mm. But 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 let's just be a little bit cautious. That's not lacking faith. Mm. 
Amen. Because oftentimes that is, you know, oh, you know, that's not enough faith. You ain't believe in God, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hold up, y'all. Like, as I, as I read through Proverbs, wisdom and faith are not an opponent. Actually walking by Yahweh's wisdom is actually a friend to faith. Amen. It is mm-hmm. actually the evidence of real faith. Lean not to your own understanding. So I would encourage folks to say, to, to like, all right, I know you got it big, but let, let's look at, okay, what would it look like to plan this out? Because I'm not knocking every program because some em- environments might say, yeah, you, you need this program. It, it's, it's a great impact. All right, then let's, let's scale it a little bit more wiser and patiently. And I think you might actually be more winsome long-term because it's a whole lot easier to say, okay, let's build from 10 kids to 20 to 30. Then, and, and it's a lot less of an emotional toll than to say, oh, we were at 70, but we got to cut it down to 50. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were at 50, now we got to cut it down. We were at eight weeks, we got to cut it down. That feels like a whole lot more of a loss emotionally on you and your people than actually building up. Yeah, yeah, because often we're, we're all sort of laboring with this success syndrome, right? And you, you're saying it very clearly, bigger is better. Mm-hmm. And so as a consequence, we really don't ever like to stop doing things. Mm-hmm. We don't like to scale back on things. That feels to us like a loss. failure yep. Yep. Uh, or a loss. And it, it, you're saying it right. It's, it, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we shouldn't despise small, small beginnings. beginnings. Come on, You somebody. know, the Lord does not despise small beginnings, right? Yeah. And so better to start small, build, build yeah. well, um, than to try and aspire to these things. And, and that, that brings me to my next question for you, because part of what I'm hearing in your comments is um, maybe unintentionally, because we, you, 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 the, the folks who started Greater Love coming out of traditional churches and settings without sort of a lot of rich experience uh, in terms of church planting. Mm-hmm. So the model for the church mm-hmm. is probably what they last knew. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. minus, minus any problems. Right, right, right. right. So we want to be just like exactly. this without the headache. Exactly, right? so exactly. That that becomes for many people the sort of default aspirational model. Right, right. We're going to plant a church that, and they may never use these words, but they're sort of saying we're going to plant a church that's going to feel and look like a church with thirty, fifty, a hundred years of history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, in terms of its programs and mm. things of that sort. Yeah. What what are you learning about sort of aspiration and aspiration and models yeah. and the sort of mental picture that folks have when they think about planting a church? What in from your experience and reflection, yeah. Yeah. what things would you offer people to think about? Yeah. I mean Yeah, it's a it's a it's a complex thing planting a church. One brother once said it's like God turns up, not God, it's like Satan actually turns up the volume on your uh, insecurities and things of that nature when you're planting a church. You know, a lot of your past good wins and your pains can play a big part in that. And I think God uses that, right? Like to learn from our past, to follow good examples. But at the end of the day, like, I don't know, and, and I I want to drive it home without being too redundant, but it's like, well, what does the scripture say a church is? Because at the end of the day, if we're doing this, faithfulness is success, period. So if you're, 
If you're faithful, you're actually winning in the eyes of heaven. And so let's look at let's look at this present moment. Let's and and I think one of the things that happens is if we're not talking about some of those insecurities that's driving it or some of the past experiences that we had, the good, the bad, the ugly, and putting those up out in the light and saying, okay, what were the strengths? What were the weaknesses? And then letting the word of God critique that and correct that, then we're going to bring that and try to impose it. And, And it ends up making us, you know, ineffective or less effective. And so I think the big push is just to say, okay, what does the word of God say? What, what is God, what is wisdom and prudence calling for in this context, in this moment, in this time, in light of that? And let's go with, as the Lord leads. But it doesn't have, like, yeah, I think it was so much pressure emotionally, mentally, just to like, like to be big, be explosive, and you and you go to these conferences and you see that, and that's the model, and and that. So if I just do this and I do that, and it's like, ah, slow down, slow down, bro. It's actually not all like that's cool. Praise God, but God's portion for you is enough. Like, let's focus on what that looks like. Amen, amen. No, that's good, brother. Um, is most of what we do, what we call church. Is it required in the scriptures? Hmm. So can you be a healthy church without a children's ministry? Mm. What do you think? Depends on where you're at. Okay. Okay. Say more about that. So, so for example. And I'm thinking about this. Yeah. I'm thinking about this biblically. Yeah. yeah. So, so scripturally, no. Okay. Right. Um, Scripturally, no. Your context might require prudence. Mm Mm-hmm. To say, I this is a necessary push earlier on. Mm-hmm. Then maybe in a context that has healthy families, you know, you have a male, a male female home, two parent home. The parents are more likely to disciple the kids. Maybe that can wait. Mm-hmm. But if you have an environment where you actually have kids coming to the church, mm-hmm. and they actually don't, their parents might not even be saved, or they're not together, or. Mm-hmm. Daddy, you know, is doing some time or mom's doing some time or dad is no longer alive. All these things kind of might say that. But I would say fundamentally, biblically, no, you don't. It's not required biblically. What about a choir? Oh, no, it's not required biblically. Uh, Sunday school? Nope, not required biblically. Um, Yeah, how about VBS? Not required biblically. Even though we're doing one right now. <laughs> Amen. As so an outreach to the so community. So they're not wrong. Nope. We want to argue that any of those things are wrong. Right. In fact, I think we would argue, both of us argue, that they they hold a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Right? But they aren't necessary. Right. To right. be in a church. Right. And I think it's important that planters remember what they're planting. Mm. They're not. We're not planting programs or mm. we're not planting particular sort of aspects of, of sort of our religious communities, right. right? Good things though they may be, yeah. to get really clear on this is biblically what a local church is. Mm. That's what you're planting. Yeah. And if you're going to do anything, right, in the start of the church, in the first few years of the church, if you're going to put your hands in the soil to root anything, mm-hmm. root the church. Yeah. Sort of what you were talking about before in terms of the rhythms of the church and the um, the sort of you distinguish between the program, the summer program, mm-hmm. and the program of the church, yeah. a culture of discipleship yeah. and gathering around the word and 
and those kinds of things. Be happy for nothing else to happen. Right, right. right? Um, again, within prudence, right? Right, right, right. Be happy for nothing else to happen if you can actually plant the church. Yeah, absolutely. And that that seems like a simpler job. It's hard, but it seems like a simpler job than planting a church and yeah, being a Fortune 500, 501c3 nonprofit doing, you know, like the, mm-hmm. the pressure and, and I just, the outside pressure that, that can be on our souls and those voices, just like, man, we got to get clear on that and God's voice. Because his voice is a whole lot sweeter. His yoke is easy. His burden is lighter. The world's burden or even some of our evangelical culture's burdens can be very heavy and weary. But if we are winning in that, man, like that is what matters most in the eyes of God. And so I wish, you know, and, and again, I want to be clear I don't regret my seven years. Yeah. Amen. And I'm grateful and I've learned a lot. There's just a lot that I've learned. Amen. That I'm like, man, I, I the temptation is like, oh, if I only knew then what I know now. But I had to go through that, you know, so that the Lord could show me, like, no, no, no. The local church is enough. The local church is actually my thing. Mm-hmm. That's and right. that's the main thing. And I mean, the gospel, you know, the we you you come from under Mark Dever and stuff. I think the analogy of the prong mm-hmm. and the, the the gospel is the diamond. The local church is the prongs. If you don't, if those prongs get weak, the gospel can get lost. And so I think that that's a real thing. And if we are, if we're winning people with a healthy local church, then for sure that long term, that church is going to be way better off. The disciple, the quality of disciples that come out, the quality, like those disciples that come from that environment, God takes them elsewhere. The pastors there are going to be like, thank you. Amen. Thank you for what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so Amen. that's a win for the kingdom to me. Amen. Um, Amen. It's just a whole lot less easier to see right away. No, that's right. And that's the hard part. That's right. So now you got to walk by faith, yeah. not by sight. Yeah. You got to believe the word's doing the work while you sleep. Right. Yeah. You got to believe that the Lord is producing things in those very simple, ordinary means of grace, mm. preaching, singing, praying, the supper, mm. you know, baptism, that the Lord is in the congregational life um, massaging and shaping people yeah. on the potter's wheel yeah. in a way that you won't be able to see just because you preached that sermon. Yeah, yeah. Right? And in the accumulation of a hundred sermons, mm. you might not be seeing all that you long for mm. in the Lord, but no doubt He's working. Yeah. Right? The, yeah. the seed is germinating beneath the soil. Absolutely. One day will flower. In a lot of our efforts to plant churches, we are looking to start many programs and things of that sort, as we were just discussing. And a lot of those programs are not scripturally required. They may be good things, but not required things. And because we spend a lot of time doing those things, we we miss the opportunities we have to slow down, to be more basic, um, to, to focus on the the sort of studs to the house, the the framing of the house, rather than just the sheetrock and the painting. And uh, Welton uses, as we continue the conversation, a couple analogies here. Um, one is a premature childbirth, 
and the other is of a malfunctioning plane. And as we talked, I was struck by these down analogies and how well they represent um, the, the, the process of planting and the hurriedness of planting and the problems that come from it. So keep listening in with us as we continue to talk here. So the Lord teaches you some things and you come to the point where you think, actually, we need to we need to stop doing what we're doing. Take a hiatus and replant. Yeah. Tell us what that was like. What was it like to sort of make that decision? What factors went into that decision? Oh, man, it was a journey. So always, you know, I came into the ministry as kind of elder in training is what we called it about three years of that officially became an elder ordained, you know, uh, and then about a year later became a preaching pastor. So I kind of like grew with the ministry too yeah. in my calling. And so, but all that time, ha you know, I know a little bit about church plan. I'm like, there's so many steps that were not just mm -hmm. like their, their best practice, but there's just like some good wisdom mm -hmm. that, we, that we skipped. And so it felt like my, my son that was just born July 7th, um, baby Moses, he's, he was a few, a few days premature. And so there was a lot of nutrients that even just those six days premature that he needed. Mm. Mm. And, and that he, if he didn't get, it would drastically affect his health long term. And I think I, I had this nagging feeling that this is what it was like at Greater Love. Like this thing, it's like she's so beautiful, this sweet, precious baby who I love and I yearn for to see Christ mature in her. But it's just like the, the health is there. So that nagging feeling was with me pretty much the whole time. Mm. And so, but it was like, all right, I'm gonna just try to implement this discipleship strategy. Like, all right, all right, that didn't take. You know, like, and just kind of, all right, you know, relational ministry. All right, that didn't take. You know, I'm trying to, I'm just trying anything to help mm. discipleship become the center, evangelism become a, a, a frequent practice. So I'm trying, but it was just like, man. And so when they asked me, um, so before they asked me to be become the lead pastor, I took a sabbatical because I was a preaching pastor. So every August I would take a sabbatical. And I came back in September more discouraged than I had ever been in my life, probably depressed, and just felt like this deep nagging. This is not what God put in our hearts to do. Like just, just showing up for services. This is not what we, this is not what we said we were going to do in the beginning. This is not what we, what God put it in us to do and be. This is not what War 7 needs. Mm. And so that began to nag on me. And I was so discouraged. But God began to send, you know, these these lights of encouragement. One of them, and you preached there, was the church planting weekender. So I took my father there and my man Phil, who you know, um, we went to the church planting weekender and heard these stories about planting, like these brothers who were really driven by faithfulness as success, not just metric, you know, mm. new numbers as uh, success and just Jesus exalting. And it was so encouraging that I was like, that is what it's about. But then I remember my buddy Phil leaning over. He was like, man, it sound like hearing their story, greater love need to basically start over. And mind you, I've been thinking this for a while. So he's but saying, you, but it. you hadn't said it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, me and my wife would talk about it. She would feel that burden too, seeing it. 
And and so, but outside of that, nobody else really. So he leans over and I'm like, I'm like, you right, bro, but that ain't going to fly over well without people. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right, that's a wishful thinking. But at the end of the day, that's too much. Then we get to, um, we get to, uh, my, when we were supported financially because there was always this financial pressure, never had a f- real full-time salary. Like it was always su- supplemented by some um, external donors, pr- praise God. But even that was somewhat a big struggle for us, but God always provided. Um, but one of our financial donors drove two hours from Pennsylvania, picked me up, drove me two hours down to Richmond to meet with Doug Logan okay, uh, from Acts 2-9. Yeah. And so, so we we chop it up out there, man. And I tell him what's on my heart to see what God, you know, like this is the church, you know. He's like, basically, you're trying to plant an Antioch. You know what I'm saying? Like? I'm like, yeah, bro, like you got it. Doug will so, get you gassed up, yeah, man. Oh my I, goodness, I love Doug, man. man. I love and Doug. And so he was, like, he was like, yeah, so basically what you got to do, you got to shut down service, focus, because basically you got a core team and you focus on the core team and you know, you do that. And I'm like, Slow your roll, big fella. I said, shut down services. My folks ain't going for that. You know, and so by this time, I know that they want me to be the lead pastor, but I'm like, my folks ain't about to go for just shutting it down, shutting Mm. it down. And he was like, but man, he said, when does a plane malfunction? And I was like, I guess sometime in the air. He was like, nah, it was already malfunctioning on the ground. They just missed it. And he was like, what should they do now that they're recognizing this malfunctioning in the air? And, he was, and I was like, yeah, they need an emergency landing. He was like, precisely. And I'm like, I hear you, bro. You know? <laughs> and I'm like, you right. Yeah, but, you know, I'm going to try to keep services going and revitalize on the side. Um, but mind you, my wife's like, you got your PhD. You got, you know, you're trying to do revitalize. And uh, another thing that God has sent was uh, NAM has this new program linking with the National African American Fellowship that puts some extra dollars in to planters planting in under-resourced communities. Mm-hmm. And so that was also, I got approached by a brother for that. He was like, man, you're a prime candidate, woo-woo. And so I'm like, all right, bro, like, I hear you, but is this of God? And, and it was like, talked to the church about it. They were like, nah, go for it. This sounds, they'll help us revitalize the church and all that. So I'm just thinking revitalization. So, so, let, me, so let me pause for just a second. Go ahead. Everything around you is telling you to use a metaphor, land the plane. Yeah. Stop the services. Stop yeah. stop these things. Retool. Yeah. You're the only one saying the people won't go for this. Yeah. You tell the people and they say, no, go for it. Yeah. Well, so I tell the people about the NAM stuff. Okay. You ain't told me about I ain't tell them about because I, I, that wasn't even clear to me. <laughs> okay. And so they okay. were cool with that part. Uh-huh. More funds to do what you want to do. Oh, okay. Cool. 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 Um, so, so they were, they were cool with that. And I was like, all right, re- revitalize. So they were cool with revitalization language. But then Doug, you know, all this began to happen. And then I went through the NAM assessment and their new SEND network director, good brother, and he was like, told his story about how he had been at a thriving ministry, left that so that he could go to Vegas and be at a church kind of outside of Vegas and they would send him to plant in Vegas. And it was like, me and my wife were sitting in that assessment and it was like immediate. Like, I just, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I ain't hear nothing audible, but it was just like very clear conviction. It'd be okay if you heard something audible. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You crazy. My man, my man. I appreciate it. But this time it wasn't. Um, But but it was just like this clear sense, like land the plane. And I was like, 
And then I look at my wife and she looked like she done seen a ghost. And so I'm like, baby, you know, they ask us, they ask us at the end, they're like, you know, look to your spouse and y'all take five minutes to talk about what you hear God saying. And I look at her and she's like, I don't know if this is going to go over well. Like, I'm basically sensing, like, we need to shut services down or else we're going to make the same mistake that we did in the beginning. And I was like, that's crazy, baby, because basically I heard land the plane. And so that was kind of the final, like, like clear conviction that was like, nah, this is of the Lord. All right, God, I hear you now. I'm going for it, you know. And so that's when everything began to, you know, land. And, and so that was the big confirmation. And so we began to talk to the other elders. My dad, first thing he says, he's like, because he had heard Dever preach at um, the church plant weekender. And he was like, the first thing he said, because we knew we needed to send in church. And he was like, man, let's go to Dever. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I hear you, dad. And I know they got, you know, resources. They got, they got the internship, but I'm like, dad, like this Joan is white, white. You know what I mean? Like, so we try to take, you know, we black, black, blacky black. And we try to take this church from the hood into this context. This is, and he like, nah, we got to go to Devon. So I'm like, I'm like, I hear you. And then, you know, and so we meet with the assessors and they're like, yeah, we actually got a house for y'all in Capitol Hill that if y'all want to use, Nam has it that you can use. And for low rent, I'm like, but I'm like, we trying to move back to Ward 7. So, right. so I ain't trying to move there. But we talked to Mark, and he basically was like, man, we would love that if y'all shut down for a season. You know, y'all join here, get resources. You go through the internship. You know, you be here for a while, and then we send y'all back over. We love that. We love that. I'm like, what? Mm. Like, I did not expect that. And so it was like confirmation, confirmation. Talk to the other. All the elders are on one accord about this. Then it comes time for me to talk to the people. And so mo I would say most of the people saw clearly what we were doing, though we had a like the heart for it, what what it was currently was not it. And so it was apparent that something major needed to change. And so I was like, Y'all asking me to become the lead pastor. If that is the case, I know clearly this is what I need to do. So if y'all, if y'all call me to be the lead pastor, then this is what we this is where we're. This is the direction we're heading in. Uh, I love it. If you call me to be the lead pastor, I'm gonna shut the church down. Yeah, pretty okay. much. What? Amen. And so, so the vote won seventeen to one, and okay. the one person who voted he, was the one person who was not a part of the prior meetings. He had been kind of a little bit, you know, aloof mm-hmm. for the past couple months, and then he decided to show back up and vote no. Like, cause mm-hmm. he, but anyway, overall, it was like we were unified in that, and so. God's grace and, and God used you when we met and we talked, you know, virtually about, you know, that actually pushed some of the folks who were really kind of like, you know, no, nah, we could just, why we got to do this? Like when you were just sharing about like the wisdom in it, like that actually really blessed folks. And, and so I appreciate you spending Praise that God. time with me, doc. And so that was a huge blessing, man. Praise God. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. And so maybe as we, as we land the plane yeah, in yeah, the conversation yeah. here, um, tell us about your sort of hopes for the future. Yeah. 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 So basically right now, member at Capitol Hill, um, I have most of my, my, all my former elders and their wives are with us. A few members are there. Some of the, some of the ones are at ARC. 
Um, some are kind of like courting Congress Heights Community Church. Um, and then others are thinking about are, are attending another church. Not my favorite, but anyway, um, that's an aside. <laughs> but uh, but uh, <laughs> nevertheless, um, the, 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 the cool thing is like we're just kind of really recovering. So once a month, I call this kind of the soft pre-launch stage. Once a month, we have a core team meeting going over what a church is, going back to exactly what you were talking about. What does the Bible say a church is? Because that is what we have to shoot for. Amen. And so really trying to drill home that. And then I start the internship in January, finish that in May. And then that's when we'll shift from, you know, I'll take a little break in June, July, we'll switch from soft pre-launch to hard pre-launch to really kind of inviting members from Capitol Hill or others to, to join the core team and really talking about, okay, this is, this is a healthy church. What is this going to look like in our context? So that's when we'll read, you know, some of the good resources like Doug Logan's book and Dahadi's book and, you know, and, and talk about those things. Talk about some of the wisdom you shared was if, if we have some other members who, who are welcome to join that are from predominantly white environments or Euro-American themselves, like to talk about what does it look like to, to plant a church and be a church member in this context? And, and talk about some of the issues of ethnic injustice and, and racism and talk about how does that impact doing ministry east of the river. And Lord willing, January 2024, we'll do like a little preview services here and there and officially covenant together around that Good Friday Easter time. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Praise so that's, God. The, that's the prayer. Well, we, we're cheering for it, brother. We we need we need you back on this side of the river. <laughs> Go over there, stuff your Praise backpack. Come on back yes, over sir. here, root and plant. Um, thank you for taking this time to, to kick it with us, man, uh, and to share your you story and your adventure. We'll be praying, be praying not only for you, but praying for the persons who may be listening to this, mm. who the Lord has been telling land to plant. Mm. Right, take a hiatus, mm. get equipped, get retooled replant Amen. at some point in the future. That's there's no there's no failure in that. Amen. Um there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I appreciate the the wisdom and the courage of faith mm. that the Lord gave you mm. uh to do that, man. Praise uh, God. Sometimes we just need to stop. Mm. Right. Yes, and uh, start over. Yeah. And praise God that he's the kind of God that that gives that kind of grace. And, Amen. Uh, Amen. We, we, we we should trust that though. No, I mean he's he resurrects folks, man. Come so on, somebody. Read, you know, so Come on. We should trust him to to, to raise things up yeah, yes, uh, sir. in that way, man. Appreciate yes, you, sir. brother. You might have listened to these episodes and wondered whether or not you should stop, close things down a bit, and retool. Of course, a podcast can't answer that for you. I can't answer that for you. I don't know your situation. Sometimes we are called to persevere and to continue pressing through the slog until the Lord gives a clear path and greater light. And sometimes we're called to stop. Either can be godly. What's necessary is discernment and prayer, sitting with people who know you, who know your situation, people who know what it's like to lead a church and to lead people, and people who can help diagnose either how strong or weak the foundation is and to help diagnose like the sons of Issachar, the times and, and the future. And so I pray if that's you, the Lord would give you grace to 
be surrounded with those kinds of counselors and to make these tough decisions. But I pray that he would allow you to face these decisions with faith. Uh, These are hard things, but um, the Lord honors faith and, and the Lord meets us and the Lord works all things together for good. And we are people who have been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I pray that that living hope would well up in your hearts and your mind as you think about the role in your church that you play and you think about the future of that church and how the Lord would have you perhaps uh, stop and restart or in some significant way reform the work of that congregation. Thank you for joining Around the Block. We pray you've been encouraged by this conversation. Again, we hope that something that's been said here is spiritually meaningful and helpful. And we ask that you help us spread the word. Tell a friend about the podcast. Like, rate, and subscribe at your favorite outlet for podcasts. Holler at us on social media. And visit our website to learn more about The Creek Collective. That's thecreekcollective.org. We'd love to hear from you. Pray for us as we seek to plant and revitalize churches in neglected and vulnerable black and brown neighborhoods across the country. God bless.